0: Hello and welcome to the Learn Chinese Insights podcast, brought to you by ChineseLearnOnline.com, your progressive online Mandarin course. Uh, In each episode, uh, I interview someone who has learned Chinese as a second language. Uh, We find out how they learned the language and what they're doing with the language these days. In this episode, I have Ethan Feig. Um, Ethan, before we get started, why don't you just give a short introduction of yourself uh, in Chinese, and then
1: we'll go from there. Sure. Um, uh, hi, my name is Ethan. I've lived in Taiwan for four years, but it's not a long I was 18 years old, and I graduated from high school. I was a employee of Taiwan two years. Uh, 然后回美国读大学还有研究所然后后来因为我发现我对中文有兴趣我就回台湾上语言课 uh, uh, Okay, pretty good
0: so you said you first came here when you were eighteen.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, pretty much right out of high school.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and then how did you find that opportunity?
1: Um, I I first came on a on a volunteer basis. It was it was a a volunteer English teaching program that was uh, uh, recruited for in the states by a by a a Christian homeschool organization, Mm -hmm. and then it was sponsored by, um, well, I was in Nanto, and that location was sponsored by the county government. Um, Other locations around the island were sponsored by different uh, education foundations and stuff.
0: So they came to you and said, do you want to go to Taiwan to do this? Yeah, basically, yep. And at that time, had you ever traveled outside of the U.S. before?
1: Uh, I'd been to Canada, (laughs) Well, that doesn't count. <laughs> it does to me. It does to me. <laughs> so you didn't
0: know any Chinese at the time?
1: At the time, no. Um, I, I had a, a bit of uh, understanding of Taiwanese culture. Um, i had had two of my older brothers had done the same program oh, before okay. me. So I, I knew a little bit about the culture and kind of what to expect on a, on a sort of general scale. But no, as far as language went, no, I didn't, I didn't know anything. And so, when you came
0: here, did it match your expectations? Like, is it what you imagined it would be?
1: No, no. I mean, even even with having my brothers here and describing things and stuff, no, it was it was a unique experience for sure.
0: So, what did you find that was different from what you expected?
1: Um, uh, I guess culturally, it was it was very it was very welcoming which was almost a surprise to me you know um, i I I kinda of, I guess I probably had it more of a sort of a, a an idea of China in my mind from you know the 80s or whenever and you know I, I was a, kind of expecting more of a a closed sort of uh, technologically not as advanced as it is kind of place mm-hmm. um, but it turned out no, I. I mean, it turned out, you know, Taiwan is a great place. It has very convenient transportation, although Nanto isn't as far along as some other places. But, sure. it's a, no, it, it turned out to be much more laid back and relaxed than I than I had anticipated.
0: And so, as part of the program, like, did you learn any Mandarin while you were here?
1: Uh, so, those first two years, I did volunteer work for two years, and um, I had got my hands on a a book, my and was studying myself. Um, it was kind of a, it was an old edition of one of the more popular uh, series that floats around Taiwan, and uh, so I was going through that myself. I did a a, a language class, usually about once a week, with uh, a tidae, like a a guy doing his military service at a school. Okay, um, he he had. Lived in the states for a while and grown up in Taiwan, so he had fluent English, fluent Chinese. Um, His name was James. He he explained a lot of the the basics to me in a really clear way, and I think that helped me along a lot. And then um, the program we were with provided a Chinese teacher for us once a week. Mm -hmm. I I think it was like an hour, an hour and a half a week. Mm -hmm. So yeah, we, we had some. Chinese class. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: did you find a difference in, in the approach that James used versus
1: the Chinese teacher? Yes. <clears throat> yes. James, I, both, first of all, I should say my Chinese teacher, Jean, was awesome. She was a fantastic lady. Uh-huh. Um, she was Taiwanese and took a much more, uh, her approach was more explain things in uh, Chinese mm-hmm. or um, or you know if I didn't understand a, a particular word she would translate it for me and then we'd move on right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, whereas James would he was able to explain some more detailed grammar to me in English right. and be able to use metaphors and con- make connections that uh, were really helpful to me starting out yeah
0: because mm. he kind of knows where you're coming from
1: yeah 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 and he had a, a, a very good command of both languages, so it was a, a good resource to be, able to, right. to be able to have access to. So
0: this Chinese that you were learning, uh, did you have opportunity to use it, like on the streets?
1: Yeah, um, well, the the program I was in was volunteer teaching, and I was in elementary schools hmm. in uh, the public school system in Nanto County. So most of the time, that I used to practice my Chinese was with my students during break time, or you know just hanging out or whatever, um, which I think was it was a really good place to start. Elementary school kids, so I didn't, you know, you didn't have that embarrassment factor as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, they were kind of, I mean, I wasn't at their level, not not even the level of a first grader, but you know, it was. they were a lot closer to my level than you know the adults I was interacting with. So. Sure. Yeah.
0: All right, and so at the the end of these two years, then you went back to the U.S. and then you yes, s- you said you finished your degree and your graduate degree. Correct, correct. And so at that time, you mentioned you're you're interested in Chinese. So was your were your studies related to Chinese?
1: Uh no, no, um. I, I guess my, my interest in Chinese sprouted from my time in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. Um, when I went back to the states, I was I was studying uh, I was studying ministry. I was studying business. Mm-hmm. Uh, my uh, graduate was in uh, business, so um, I didn't I didn't really you know study Chinese in the states. And actually, I had these these grandiose plans of going back to the states and continuing my study of Chinese just on my own. -hmm. Um, But that kind of fell through, right? Uh, So, so I was able to maintain my level. I think I I tried to keep up with uh, Taiwanese media. I would watch some TV, watch some movies, and at least try to keep listening and comprehension up. But um, when I was back in the states, I didn't really get make a lot of improvement. Hmm.
0: So, so what brought you to Taiwan the second time?
1: Well. Because I I knew I was interested in Chinese, um, but my time in Taiwan, you know, I wasn't. The first time I was in Taiwan, I wasn't overly devoted to learning. It was an interest, so I you know I picked up just enough to get by in the mm-hmm. classroom and find food and travel and stuff. Um, but I wanted more of a solid base, um, so I decided that I probably wouldn't be able to do that unless I paid money for classes and had that sort of financial motivation going on. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I I came back to Taiwan and went to Donghai University for uh, three semesters. Mm -hmm.
0: And so did you find a noticeable uh, improvement in your Chinese?
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I was very committed, especially at first. I was very committed to, you know, building up a, a solid base and then, uh, Improving speaking, especially as much as I could. So yeah. So
0: was was your plan to to come to Taiwan, uh, learn Chinese, and then stick around here?
1: No, um, but I was open to that idea. Okay. I I guess I came back without much of a plan. All right. So yeah. So uh,
0: so what happened after you finished this Donghai
1: program? Well, during the Donghai program, I was uh, I was teaching at a cram school. For money mm-hmm. to live, <laughs>
0: sure.
1: um, and uh, so after I finished the 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 program at Donghai, I was I stayed on at that cram school. I had a I had a good boss. I had great coworkers. So it was a it was a good setup for me. But I knew that teaching wasn't my long term goal. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not not my personality. So I uh, not too long after I finished at Donghai, I I told my my boss that I would uh, I would be looking for other work, and uh, I would be leaving in five months. Mm-hmm. So I, I kind of gave myself a cutoff to find something different. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I actually had bought a plane ticket back to the states um, for June, and uh, I had decided if I couldn't find something in like the four or five months I'd allotted, then I would just go back to the states and and look for work there. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, I was really okay with either option. So. All right.
0: So then what happened during your search?
1: Uh, I did a lot of looking. You mm-hmm. know, I got my resume out there as much as I could and uh, had had some interviews. And, so these uh, are like what kind of companies
0: were you applying to?
1: Oh, um,
0: kind of a full gamut. Or what type? Uh, what type of work were you looking for?
1: I was... Like, I was looking for business-related work, and as as I'm sure you know, that has that doesn't really narrow it down much. Uh (laughs) So I was really open to just about anything. So Um, these these were Taiwanese companies. Yeah, for the most part. For the most part. So were these like
0: were you responding to ads or were you just cold calling or what were you doing? Um,
1: some of it some of it was ads. Mm -hmm. Um, some of it was through people I knew. Mm-hmm. And and uh, some of it was through uh, government uh, activities that well there I remember there was this one job fair that was specifically designed for uh, local companies looking for foreign workers that oh, really? I attended hmm. got some contacts there and did some interviews yep all right so what did you end up with well I actually none of those things panned out, <laughs> it was either it was either I wasn't qualified enough or um, or it wasn't a situation I wanted. Um, and what eventually worked out was my, my brother was at having lunch, I believe, at a friend's house. And uh, one of their mutual friends had invited someone else over. And it turned out that uh, this guy, w- who was also an expat, was working at a company that was looking for uh, another expat to hire okay. um, so my brother texted me his name card and uh, I called him up and went in the next day for an interview mm-hmm. so, alright so before we get into that you
0: mentioned uh, in some cases the job didn't seem a right fit for you so what was an example of, of something that you didn't want to do
1: um well uh, for, for one of them it was uh they were actually looking for someone to serve as a like a representative overseas,
0: uh-huh. and
1: so there, it was pretty much. I, I think it was a six-month or a 12-year training pro. Or no, not 12-year, 12 12-month 12 um, training program in Taiwan, where they would teach me about their products and um, just how their organization worked, and then they would send me to. Uh, I think. The states uh, it was, there's was a few there's a few options the states somewhere in Europe um, and then I would work there based off a commission basis selling their products hmm. and and for me that wasn't that wasn't necessarily attractive because I just you know I mean if I was gonna work in Taiwan, I wanted it to be something a little more long term and use my language ability a bit more and stuff so I see
0: all right, yep. Okay, so tell us about this this position that you ended up applying for. So you liked it, and they liked you.
1: Yeah, um, I I now work at a it's a plastic raw materials trading company, mm-hmm. um, and uh, the the work environment is great. Uh, my coworkers are very supportive of me. They're very patient with my uh, my. Learning speeds is it's I don't have a plastics or a chemistry background so so I'm you're having to so learn these a lot.
0: co-workers are Taiwanese ones
1: Yes, yes I have well there's the other expat whom I mentioned mm-hmm. um, and then yeah the uh, 10 yeah ten Taiwanese co-workers. so you're communicating with them all in Chinese. Our office is yeah we conduct our business in Chinese mm-hmm. um, when when me and my my supervisor. The other expat, when we have our meetings, we'll, we'll use English. But yeah. um, kind of in, in general, everything's in Chinese, yeah.
0: So apart from from the terminology of, of the industry, uh, you were okay with, with your level of Chinese at that point?
1: Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I got by. Like I said, my, my coworkers were, were patient. Hmm. And there was a bit, you know, I, I didn't have a lot of, Business experience before this in in English or Chinese, so mm-hmm. you know there's there's a learning curve there, but uh, yeah, yeah. So what is okay. what
0: is your actual role there? Like, what do you
1: do? Um, I, yeah, a little bit of everything. I'm I'm focusing on on uh, international sales right now, growing our our international exports.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah. So the clients you're dealing with, that's done in English.
1: Yes, I yeah, see. for the most
0: part. For most part, right. And then with your coworkers, is it is there also a lot of like reading and writing required?
1: There's, there's. Yes, yeah. There's reading a lot of the material that I've been working through, uh, learning about the business is in Chinese, Uh Um, and then hooking up uh, different aspects of, of. the export business is done in Chinese. If we have local um, uh, shipping agents, uh, local suppliers, stuff like that, that's 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 Chinese. Yeah. So you wouldn't have been able to get this job if, if you, you didn't have
0: a proper Chinese.
1: One of the uh, one of the requirements that I was told day one when I went in for that first interview was uh, Chinese is a must. So okay. yeah, I,
0: yeah. All right, and then apart from the Chinese. Is there anything from your from your background or what uh, your degree or anything that that helped in qualify you for this?
1: Yeah, I had a had a MBA, a business administration masters. Mm-hmm. So, um so I mean I've studied the theoretical side of business and right. and international business.
0: All right. And then uh so, I mean, in, in this case, uh, because as you said, your your supervisor is, is a fellow expat, but do you find, is there any difference in, in the culture of working here versus what you might expect in an American company?
1: Um, uh, yeah, I, I would say yes. I don't know if I can put a, a, a definite answer on what it is exactly, uh. um, but... Uh, I I would say I certainly have it very easy. My they, core they treat are... you
0: differently because you're the expat.
1: No, no. I would say I have it easy um, uh, assimilating okay. because they're they're used to um, they're used to one having expats around, and also my my supervisor is is right. uh, just a great resource to have as far as you know any questions I might have or anything like that. So
0: right. If he wasn't there, then it would be different.
1: Probably would be a bit, a bit more, more stress. But I'm, you know, like I said, my coworkers are great, so I, All right. I don't imagine it being too difficult.
0: All right. So from, from uh, whatever experience you have going through this process, um, for other, let's say English teachers who are out there and, and wanting to, to get into something different from teaching, uh, would you say there's there's demand for other expats to, to do this kind of work?
1: Um, yeah, like, yeah. Is it, is it is, something
0: you'd encourage people to pursue if that's what they want to do?
1: If that's what they want to do, yeah, I'd, I'd say absolutely pursue it. Um, sure.
0: And what advice uh, would you give to them? How would you recommend they go about it?
1: Well, first, uh, you know, Taiwan has some uh, some legal hoops you have to jump through to work outside of the teaching industry. As far as education goes, Um, so you need to make sure you have a bachelor's and two years of related experience in your home country, or a master's degree. Oh, so in in your
0: case, you had the master's.
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, And then, so as long as your education matches the legal requirements, I would I would say um, just put yourself out there. You know, bump elbows with as many many people as you can. Go start doing doing stuff get involved in the, the circles that you want to be, become a part of, mm-hmm. and, you know, find ways to get into those.
0: Right. Okay, so just, in fact, just those uh, educational qualifications and the experience, that kind of limits who, who can actually do this type of thing. Eh? It does.
1: It does, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it was, I mean, it is what it is. Right.
0: I <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, well, yeah. Thanks. That's very good. A lot of useful information there. And uh, yeah, I'll I'll send you any feedback that people have after listening to this. Cool. Thank you very much. Okay. Thanks, even.
1: Yep. No problem. Okay. Bye.